the faithful life. We're bringing you all the laughs, tips, and conversations that we wish someone would have had with us so that you can rock your own journey. I'm a mom of three who jumped right from Britain VA into businesses. I've learned, trusted, and experienced more over the years than my wedding planner certification ever taught me. And we're bringing it all right here to you. <laughs> Most important. <laughs> okay, so while we're jumping in, I want Jenna and Aileen to say hi. Hey. Hello, everybody. Um, have you two ever heard a story of someone who actually dropped their ring while they proposed? I think I've seen a video on, like, Facebook or something like that of somebody dropping a ring whenever they were proposing on a mountain or something. But... In real life, no. I don't think I have yet. <laughs> um, so Andy almost lost my ring. When he <laughs> and I will save that for our mini episode when we go through that and let him share all the details. But I, I saw, like, his soul leave his body. In that moment, he was so worried. Uh, but it was great. So, yes. All your attention needs to be on not dropping that ring. So let's go over the logistics. Are you guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Um, Jenna, one thing I think we need to talk about is when they're getting ready for this stage and step in their relationship, do you think it's something that they should have already communicated, talked about together, or do you think it should just kind of come out of nowhere? Um, I 100% think that it's something that y'all should be on the same page about. So um, I definitely recommend talking about it. I know that people always talk about dropping hints and stuff like that. Um, but honestly, anything is better than nothing at all. Um, because you, like Amanda said in a previous episode, it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, the actual proposal itself should be, but not the actual, like, idea of, like... Getting engaged. Yeah. Yeah. 
why do you think that that's such an important conversation? I think that um, your heart and your money is on the line whenever you're getting down on one knee to propose. And I think that not talking about it ahead of time could lead to some heartache. <laughs> That's my biggest worry, I think. So you're thinking if they talk about it before, they kind of avoid the risk of getting the wrong answer. Yeah, right. Yes. I love that. Do you guys have any <laughs> other ideas of why people maybe should have this conversation before the proposal? Yes, because I think... I think that not always that it would be like the wrong person, but the wrong time. And I think that everybody's different in the timeline of their life. Some people want to get engaged and married as as like quickly and as early as they can to enjoy their life with a significant other. But there are also some people who want to be at a certain point in their life once they want to get engaged and... Um, I think that it would really stink to be put in a position to have to choose between your plans and the person that you do love. And it's not necessarily that you don't care about them. It's that yeah, I mean, it's not the right point in life. I think that's really a great point. Um, being on the same page might mean that you guys both want to spend the rest of your lives together. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready to watch on the aisle. Right. I also think that having this conversation opens up a lot of other doors and conversations that are more difficult to have. Yes. And it kind of takes the pressure away. Like, mm-hmm. this doesn't have to be a sit down, serious moment. You can do it while you're watching Netflix, suddenly at the dinner. I kind of think this is more of like smaller conversations over a period of time. Mm-hmm. For me, at least. Yeah. Um, everything from, okay, so we're going to get engaged, a lot of people think that means we're going to be married within a year. Right. But there's a big group of people who are like, no, 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 I want a long engagement. Three to five years. I'm not in a rush. And just knowing what to expect, I think, is very helpful. Right. And I think that having those conversations will also open up the door to have conversations um, in the future that are you know, even more important once you're married. I know that money is a difficult subject for pretty much everyone to talk about. And the fact that you're already creating that open communication with somebody before you're even engaged, I think opens the door of honest communication once you are married. I completely agree with that. I also think that it helps just kind of clear the air. A lot of um, my friends lived together before they were ever engaged or proposed. Oh, yeah. Whatever you want to say. Um, but once they were asked to move in together, they immediately were like, okay, wait, does this mean I'm expecting a ring in the next six months? And it's like a 50-50. Yeah. Some people were, other people, it was like years before. So I think just having realistic expectations together keeps you guys on the same path and avoids walking on eggshells, mm-hmm. not knowing. Um, but I love that Aileen mentioned keeping the proposal a surprise. Yeah. Because those are two different things, and having a conversation about becoming engaged doesn't mean that you're going to ruin the surprise of your proposal. Right. I also think, like last episode, we talked about the ring. I think it gives you the opportunity to make sure that 
key aspects of the proposal. So Jenna, um, in a previous episode, did a like proposal personality quiz that you can go download and take. It kind of lets you guys have a little conversation about your do's or your don'ts, or like your dream proposal or your nightmare. Please don't ever do these mm-hmm. like type moments. So it kind of helps make cleaning it easier. I think. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, so along the same rounds of prepping before you propose, Aileen, you know, a lot of people have this tradition of talking to the parents, whether it's just a conversation, letting them know what's going on, asking permission, whatever it is. What are your thoughts on that? So um, I feel like it's a case-by-case situation, and I'll use myself as an example. Of course, I'm not engaged or anything, and, but I know that, like, my partner and I have talked about, like, okay, like, expectations as far as, like, when do you think is a time to be engaged? Like, how long should we be together, this and that? So, like, already – It's already a conversation. But I personally, like, I don't – I have a different family dynamic. I mean, I have a stepdad, but – When I think of someone asking for, like, that blessing, I envision that for myself asking my family. Like, that's including my aunt, my uncle, my mom. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a collective. Now, some people's are, yeah, their parents, their mom and dad, or whoever their family dynamic is. So, I mean, I feel like yes and no, because it just kind of depends on the family dynamic, but then... It doesn't have to be, like, this big thing either. It could easily be during, like, a little, like, family get-together and, you know, they're having, like, their little one-on-one moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, like, this everybody meet. I also think that asking for permission is very different than asking for a blessing, like you said. And I think that... I think that it's really rare now for asking for permission because, you know, we're independent people. We're we're older. (laughs) We're more mature getting married and we can make our own decisions for the most part. Like, I I feel like most people feel that way at this day and age. But um, asking for a blessing, even if they say no, that person can still ask you were just doing a nice thing and asking for their blessing letting them know like your intention and letting them know that like you take this person seriously and you take their family seriously as well right so i also i love that you brought up the distinction between the two i think historically speaking and this is important to remember like the tradition of going to the family comes from hundreds of years ago where they would actually go and be like put up some sort of weird collateral so we don't yeah like a pig or something yeah (laughs) there's like what was it the dowry (laughs) like in holes whenever he's like fattening up the pig but even then most of the time people were historically getting married at really young ages that's why i said like we're adults we can make our own decisions because now like the average age for getting married um don't quote me on this i haven't looked at the study in like two months but i want to say for the age is different for men and women men it's older but around 32 
Wow. That's very different than 19. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think. Yeah. So I like it. And I love the thought process of failing because especially with this, what you guys seem to be on the same page, correct me if I'm wrong, that you're having a conversation with family and you're asking for them to be involved and offer a blessing. Right. Yes. Um, because that's what a married family is. It's people like supporting your marriage and showing like we're going to be here with you and like cheering you guys on over the next decade. Mm-hmm. So including family, I love that. I remember um, when my sister's husband, he spoke to my dad, our dad, um, one-on-one. But he also came to like call his siblings and was like, hey, Aww. this is my plan. This is what I'm doing. I wanted you guys to know. And it meant so much to all of us, but it also made us feel like we got to be included and we got to help celebrate. Yeah. And, um. And we were great secret keepers, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> that one out there. Um, but I do think that family dynamics are very different. So um, I also come from a family dynamic where I do have a biological dad and a stepdad. And so I could see very easily how that probably could have confused my then boyfriend, now husband, as to, like, okay, navigating a family dynamic, what does... Amanda, what do I expect out of him, and what do I want? Yeah. And so all of this goes back to those conversations, which is really cool. Right. I love that. Okay, so do you guys think that every couple needs to do it? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that everybody's family dynamic is completely different, and I think that you don't even have to ask somebody to know that you might not have to ask for a blessing from somebody. Um, you might just, I feel like you would be able to gauge that based on your partner's relationship with At their least family. let's hope that you have that conversation, you have that feeling mm-hmm. and that like space where you both feel comfortable and you understand like where you're headed together. Mm-hmm. I told Hunter that I wanted him to talk to my parents before. Yeah. So, I mean, and he, and he was the one who had explicitly said, I will ask for their blessing, but I'm not going to ask for their permission because you can make that decision. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. One of our couples actually shared that this conversation, and John, your story might have been very similar, actually opened the door to where they got the ring from. Oh, wow. Because then the family was aware, and the family could step in and be like, oh, my gosh, we'll get what? Yes. So it kind of just brings everything together and may open new possibilities. Um, for more about the ring itself, go back in the episode where we talked all about the bling. Um, Aileen, so they don't have to skip over right now. Do you want to share just three quick points that came from our bling episode? Yeah, I think um, a couple things that we do chat about is, you know, the – ring style, ring shape, I mean, all the different aspects to the ring, but also figuring out, like, what your partner wants, too. That's something that's super helpful. And then um, I did want to add, I know that I had talked about something, but where, like, the ring could go in. Oh, like the presentation. The presentation of the ring. We talked about boxes, flowers, desserts, avoiding putting it in drinks. Yeah. Talk about pets. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely want to, yeah. <laughs> Definitely realize, like I've always said, I oh, I always want like a little kitten attached to the ring. But 
in reality, I want my my baby Cloud to be attached to the ring. I love he's, he's my baby. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, tune into that episode. I mean, there's a lot of helpful stuff. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to refill my coffee, and I'm going to get some notes. And listeners, if you need to grab a pen and paper, if you take notes on your phone, um, take a second to take a breath, because next up we're talking all things about actual proposal and what you need to plan out for it to go smoothly. See you guys all right, guys, focus back on in. We're going to dive into all the things you need to think through to make this proposal go smoothly. First up, let's talk about location, location, location. Amy, what do you think that they need to think through when planning the place? I think um, kind of the obvious is probably weather. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be doing outside, just really keeping an idea, like an idea of like how the weather will be during that season. Obviously, if you're thinking of like a March or an April, like there's a good chance of rain. If you're thinking of like a February, there's a good chance of if you're in Texas, just a lot of ice, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of like the big obvious is like there. Yeah. What about you? I would just say like, is there an important place to you guys where I'll spend a lot of time? Is that somewhere that you would maybe want to get engaged? Um, and then also, do you have enough space for all the people that you want to invite? I think that's something that sometimes will get um, left out in the thought process of planning where to propose. If you're inviting 50 people to your engagement, then you probably won't be able to fit in the tiny little coffee shop that's y'all's favorite place. So maybe planning something after your favorite little coffee shop. Ooh, I actually just thought of one. Um, a few of my friends have gotten engaged like during like hikes. And of course, for people who are wanting to like be there, can they even do the hike with you? <laughs> right. Grandma and grandpa might not be able to make it up the mountain. So yeah, yeah. just keep in mind of that. Of, like, where you're doing it, what's the logistic of, like, who can actually make that happen. If you're having a photographer, is it a pretty background? Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like people get engaged in places that aren't necessarily a spot that's really important to them. But um, sometimes it's a spot that is just a gorgeous view that where they've never been. Like, maybe plants, they love plants. And mm -hmm. so you take them to an arboretum and then... Um, have a photographer there. Oh my gosh, those would be gorgeous photos. <laughs> they really would be. Yeah. And then I feel like they need to not only think through the place, but if you want the photographer there, are they a surprise? Like, do they need to be hiding? Do they need to hide? Where's right. the hiding spot? <laughs> if they need to hide, it's going to be harder for them to blend in if you're going to your family ranch in a field watching the sunset. Right. For yourselves. First thing, Arboretum, everyone there has a camera. Yeah. So they could just be a nonchalant passerby. Yeah. And coming up with a plan with your photographer and knowing exactly what that plan is. Hunter actually um, walked the wrong way at the park that he proposed to me at, and the photographer was very lost <laughs> of oh, where because no. she told him to walk one certain way, and he walked to the opposite way. And so she was <laughs> like, where you at? Where you at? So... <laughs> 
So that brings me to my next question. <laughs> is who should you be talking to, either in regards to the location or logistics? You mentioned photographer. Yeah. Who else do you guys suggest they talk to? I would say friends. Um, if there's somebody who wants their nails done, like Miss Aileen over here, mm-hmm. she always has her nails so perfect. But yes, <laughs> if she wants to make sure that they're freshly done, then maybe her best friend, it wouldn't be so weird if her best friend's like, hey, let's get our nails done this weekend or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or honestly, in my case, just talk to my nail lady. She's also one of my besties. <laughs> nice. That makes it really Yeah. Just talk to the nail tech. <laughs> But yeah, talking to friends, talking to, of course, like the building or the place that you're going to be at, if it's going to be like at a restaurant or at like an actual like arboretum or anything, like letting them, possibly letting them know like this could be happening, like what do you suggest or how do you like, especially if like at an arboretum, I'm sure plenty of people have gotten engaged there. They probably have like the best idea or the best spots to do that. Right. So getting like their input would be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, photographer, like you said. Yes. Sometimes they surprise you. Like think about the couples who get engaged at games. It doesn't magically happen that they end up on the screen or on TV. Yeah. They talk to someone and say, hey, this is what I'm planning. And then I've actually had a friend who did that, and they got bumped up to better seats. Nice. Mm-hmm. They also got um, game tickets for later in the season. Like, That's so fun. cool. Yeah, so talking to other people usually results in them helping you celebrate it and making it special or yeah. capturing it and putting it up on the Jumbotron, whatever that might be. That's so sweet. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's so true. Yes. <laughs> Very fun. Okay, so that kind of segues us to who's going to be there. So you guys mentioned the location. We need to think about the space sizing. So with Jenna's personality proposal quiz a couple episodes back, you can go grab it on the website if you haven't already. You've probably already narrowed down if this is going to be just the two of you, all your family and friends, things like that. So who do you two suggest? that they do strongly consider having present for their proposal? Anybody? Nobody? What do you think? I personally would be someone that's like, and this is how my proposal went. I loved it being me and Hunter. But then after that, we were able to celebrate with our friends. Our friends all came out to the bar with us. I think that in like intimate proposal, but then a celebration mm-hmm. with close, close friends and family. Yeah, I agree. I what comes to mind is actually uh, my nail lady. <laughs> she got proposed to. It was just like her and her now husband, and then the photographer. That's who was all there. But her now husband texted all of us and was like, "Hey, like meet us here for the celebration and then it was a surprise party for them that's it so it was really sweet so i love like the idea like it being like intimate but then going to a place where more people can actually feel comfortable um you know accessing that area yeah i love that and then you mentioned photographer so that is one person because i agree i think that the proposal itself should be shared with just those two Although I am a sucker for rom-com movies where they're like on the stage and they're not Oh my gosh, yes. Her parents and her grandparents and his parents walk out and like that's super cute. Don't get me wrong. But 
most of the time, I think just the two of you, but someone to capture it. Yes. And that could be like a really well placed GoPro if you were planning this in your backyard or in the house. You can literally place your phone somewhere and just let it like video, yeah. and then you still get that. Or your friend just taking pictures on the phone. Yeah. It's at least a little memory. Exactly. You don't have to get a professional. But if you do, a lot of photographers, especially like wedding photographers, also have done many proposals. So if you are like, I don't know where to start, but I know I want to photograph, find a photographer and maybe they'll do most of the background. This is true. Which is nice. So um, that leads me to one of my last questions. Is what do you think they need to consider having set up beforehand or already in place? I personally am a fan of the more simple, the better. But there are a lot of romantics at heart, and I'm sure we have some listening in who picture candles and love marquees. We've seen it all. So if you were going to give recommendations to one of those romantics that wants to plan something a little bit more over the top, what would you suggest they through? Um, for so personally, and I've done this at the venue where it wasn't a proposal, but it was like a Valentine's like, "Will you be mine?" situation. I was working with um the at the time fiance. Um, basically, I mean, it was like a couple weeks of planning where. We chatted about, like, okay, like, he wanted candles, like, little, like, tea light candles, like, spelling, like, will you be mine or something like that. So making sure that we had those um, way before and then kind of trying to figure out a plan as far as, like, even down to a script. Like, oh, you're literally going to say, I left something in my truck and you're going to disappear and then I'll play the person that's stalling the bride, Look at this new screen wall we've got. <laughs> Isn't it gorgeous? Let's walk down here real quick. And then he comes back in with this cute, like, everything's all lit. So the logistics behind of that, like, making sure that if you're going to be doing it at a place, like, making sure that they have, like, who's going to be setting that up? Is it you? Is it your friend? Delegating that? Is it, like... Also, candles don't stay lit for... Yeah, they don't stay 30 lit forever. <laughs> so if, it, if they're the tiny tea lights. Who's like, going to be lighting those? Yeah. So, um, if it's going to be something, like, beautiful and extravagant like that, then those are kind of, like, logistics of that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And like you had said, um, calling people to reserve areas if it needs to be more intimate. If yeah. you're doing it, like, at a bar... Um, there's going to be people everywhere. Mm -hmm. So like you might have to reserve a room or like a back room or even just a section on a patio. I think it's more common for people to do more elaborate setups when it's one of two situations. Either it's at home because that is important to them, but they want it to still be a little bit more romantic. Yeah. Or if it's not the best setting, like, Jenna, you mentioned, like, think about the backdrop if you're trying to photograph this. So don't drop a knee in front of trash cans, essentially. Right. Or in front of a busy street. Like, think that through. So if you are more into planning and location's important to you, but it doesn't ooze romance like you want it to, these are great tips. And it sounds like what you need to make sure to do is have someone else in charge of doing it for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, d I think that it's impossible to 
do it all on your own if you're having a lot of candles you and need, you need some backup there. Some yes, pals. Okay, so answer me this: Do you think that you have to have a ring to propose? No, I don't think so. No, you don't really have to have anything to propose. You know what's more common now? People even planning their wedding before they're engaged. Yeah. I've been getting so many, yeah, like inquiries the last few years. We just want to get the venue locked down because we know X, Y, and Z, but we're not engaged yet. Like, it'll happen. But so definitely we've gotten a lot of that. I've also had a lot of friends recently that have been picking their ring up together. Mm. So either right after the proposal or a part of it or maybe even a month or so later after they've, you know, pop the meaningful question, don't have the bling yet, they go together to pick up the ring or both rings or whatever it is. So I love that. That's so that's sweet. sweet. It can still be very, very special. With that, um, if you are getting a ring, we highly recommend that you ensure that sucker as mm-hmm. quickly as possible. Zena. <laughs> ring as well. Um, from my experience, it is not that costly but it can very much reassure you. And if something happens, even if a prong comes loose or a stone, it's very helpful. Yeah. So yeah. If you got the ring, just turn around and call up your insurance, see what they offer, get it insured. Exactly. Super easy. Okay, so before we wrap up, I have a little bit of a trivia game for you two. <laughs> it's just a couple questions that I thought they'd be fun when it comes to proposals. And if you're listening... This is really fun information, so don't check out on us just yet. Um, first question. What hand does the engagement ring go on? Well, it oh. depends culturally. Okay. Go ahead. Um, either left, which is pretty traditional, but in, like, Hispanic, like, sometimes, like, Catholic, I, I believe, in some, like, Catholic, like, Hispanic Catholic, it's the right. But on the ring finger, on both the right or left. Okay. Jenna, do you have any – do you agree or do you disagree? I was just going to say left, but I guess I agree. I mean, it's also, like, right middle middle finger, too. Like, I've seen that. I mean, it just kind of depends on, like, culturally, like, where or how. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So um, I've always heard left as well, except for when you're walking down the aisle. Oh. Because your wedding name goes on your ring. So your – Left ring finger traditionally should be empty. So when you're getting married, that's when your wedding band goes Okay. On, and then you can pop that engagement ring on. So where does the engagement ring go? Um, you can put it on your right hand. Okay. Yeah, if you like. But during a proposal, I've always heard left as well. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So next question. If you're kneeling, what knee should they be kneeling on? The left. Or just the right. It doesn't matter. Okay. Here's a little history. The tradition of proposing on one knee came from medieval knights bowing before a noble woman. And upon getting down on one knee, they would ask them for their hand in marriage with the proposal. Like, let's do it. So, um, well, okay. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) But yes, the left knee. Um, there are alternatives. No one oh, <laughs> I got it right. You don't have to. Um, 
um, and then it's a little bit different. Some couples actually both end up kneeling. So if that's you guys and it's like a dual proposal, mm-hmm. that's totally fine. Those are so cute. I agree. Those are just for fun. Um, and then my last one, do you think or do both people need to have engagement ring? Um, what you see in the movies and whatnot, no. Yeah, but it's definitely a thing that I would want my partner to have an engagement ring. Cough, cough. Like, he's probably going to get one. Yeah. Also. Aww. I mean, I have the ring. He should have a ring, too. I know. But, like, I don't know. I think think that's nice. So, I think it's becoming more common for both people to have engagement rings, for sure. Um, this goes back to having conversations beforehand because they'll tell you if they want one. Yeah. Okay, you guys have that. Um, but traditionally speaking, in South America, both people get engagement rings. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Um, in Western culture, it's more typical of a gift to be given. So a lot of times one person will get a ring and the other person will get some other kind of gift. Okay. Oh, cool. Um, today, 80% of women are actually given a ring to mark the occasion. So when we talked about mm-hmm. does everybody have to have one? No. Is it very common? Yeah, but not everyone does it, so yeah, you do. Um, but yeah, so it is becoming more common since 2021. It has jumped up that both people are getting them. So you can do, like we said before, a dual proposal. I've actually had a couple that one proposed and then a week later, the other one surprised, and they they were both planning a proposal, and they wanted to go through with it still. So you can do a whole show of it. You can just make it sweet gifts, like whatever means something to you guys. Um, it's all that matters. So that's all I have for today for Don't Drop the Ring. So make sure you guys have that conversation well beforehand, so that way you can keep the proposal a surprise, but a good surprise. We don't want any of you feeling sad after mm-hmm. you do this. And then make sure you think through who's going to be there, where you're going to do it, and what needs to be set up before you do show up. So that when you actually go to ask the question, whether or not you're kneeling like those nineteen needle times, <laughs> you don't have to worry about dropping the ring. Mm. All right, guys. Go and listen to those proposal stories we've been sharing. They're super sweet and incredible. Um, if you cry like me, it's okay. It's happy tears. And we will talk to you next time. Bye, you guys. Awesome. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in. As always, you can find us at Behind the Party Podcast on Instagram. We want to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or email behindthepartypodcast at gmail.com. We can't wait. See you next time.